The journey of life is too complex and spiritual to be lived from your sensory perceptions. You're welcome to Love Life City, where we live life by the Holy Spirit. To raise men with the capacity to love genuinely both God and humanity through insight, discipleship, and fellowship. This message will set you up for a balanced lifestyle here on earth. Listen and be blessed. Now, it's going to be an amazing time in the presence of God. And I want you to really pay attention because God has something for you. Glory to God. So today we are going to be considering today we are going to be considering abide as a procedure for oneness. In throughout the month of um, October we've been considering our oneness with Christ. How we have been made one with Christ. How we are one with God. And then how we are also been made one with Christ. And how God intends that we are one with ourselves. Praise the Lord as the body of Christ. That we are one with ourselves. I'm going to be talking about that. The unity of faith. You know, how the Lord wants us to be one and the benefit of such oneness. And maybe one of the Thursdays I'm going to be te- treating that. But today, I just want to talk about about one of the things re- required for your oneness in Christ. You know, um, are we together? I want you to, to take note of what I'm about to mention. Everything I mention here will, will change your life if you take note of it. Last Sunday, I was able to establish two scriptures how the Lord has made us one with Him. Through different scriptures, how we have been made one with Christ, how He died and through His death and resurrection, we also resurrected, we became just like Him. How He, he, he opened up His family through his, the, the shedding of His blood and He made us a part of His family. That what He has, we, can, we, we now have. What He can do, we can now do. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and from verse 17, if we read from verse 14 down to 17, it says, For whoever is joined with, verse 16 says, Whoever is joined with Christ is one spirit with him. So, this, the essence of all of these topics and all of these teachings is to help you realize that you are not too far from God. That the level of intimacy you have with God, the only word that can describe it is oneness. Can I hear you repeat after me and say oneness? There is nothing separating you from God. When you want to pray, you don't have to look up and say, Lord, I am calling upon you. He's no longer up there. He's now within you. That's the, that's the intensity of your intimacy with Him. But there is something I like to call the legalism of our oneness and the vitality of our oneness. I'll give you a very short illustration. If you get married to someone, for instance, you're married to a, a lady as a man and um, you paid her bride price. And she's your second wife. You saw her father, you saw her mother, and she's legally your second wife. And the next lady, maybe the, she became and she met somebody in your house who is supposed to be like your first wife. But this first wife, you didn't pay anything on her head. She just started living with you and then she started giving birth for you. And you guys decided that, okay, let's just leave it like that. Anytime I have money, I will go and pay your bride price. Whereas, there's one fine girl I saw and I'm going to marry her. So, 
that guy goes and gets married to a girl legally and the other one she's just living with him as his wife in quotes no legal thing no legal binding which of them is correctly his wife and if we want to go legally how many wives does he have he has one wife praise the lord are we together he has one wife so the wife the actual legal wife is the one that whose bright price was paid for but are you aware that if that second wife does not really understand the intensity of the legality of her marriage to this man she can suffer for it the first wife can decide to begin to torture the second wife and the second wife will not be able to do anything about it and she'll keep crying oh my god i can't be here i will leave this marriage i can't i don't I, she I'm, I'm suffering every time this woman won't let me breathe let the second wife breathe all right she will keep complaining and complaining that's exactly the situation of many believers especially in these last days there are so many believers who only know the legal aspects of their oneness with christ according to scripture according to what the bible says i am one with christ i know what he can do i can do i know he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world i know that jesus said that greater works that shall, shall you do than i have done as i go to be with my father if you believe in me i know that jesus raised the dead i can raise the dead you only know it in your head it's one thing to know it in your head it's another thing to bring it to physical manifestation so like the woman who was legally married she can still suffer like someone who was not married because she she probably just knows that she's married her breakfast has been paid but she doesn't know how to implement what has been done for her that's exactly what's wrong with many believers we don't know how to actually vitalize or implement this thing that christ has said about us or come into the reality of what christ has said about us am i communicating here and that's the issue with many believers and that's what i'm going to show you one of the principles to implement and manifest your oneness with christ let it not be a talk thing we can go to court and, and start quoting laws and quoting hey you, you, you must not do this one you must not do that one but until the judge says declares judgment all of those things you are speaking is grammar in the same vein if you don't want to just be a christian that talks plenty grammar but does not bring does not work out what he is in christ or cannot manifest what he is in christ then you must understand the principles for vitalizing what is already legal for implementing what is already legal if you bought a house amen if you bought a house and somebody the person who is living in the house refused to pack out of the house legally the house is yours but if you don't do what you need to do you will own it like a case i heard of in church woman came to tell me that i told her about the spirit i said man am i seeing in the realm of the spirit there is a land that you have that is under contention guess what the land is hers court knows they have declared judgment okay this man you are not here you are, you are, your money has been refunded this land is no longer yours leave this land okay decided you won't leave now it is it takes a level of wisdom to be able to implement what is already legal so that it can become vital praise the lord hallelujah so one of the principles for making your legal reality become your vital reality because this is your legal reality satan has no power over you 
You are one with Christ. You are seated with Christ Jesus far above principalities and powers, far above wickedness and high places. You are far above. It is a legal reality. But it has to become a vital reality. And this is how to make it a vital reality. Abide. Somebody say abide. Shout the louder. Say abide. This is one of the strongest principles that many believers take for granted. And because they take this principle for granted, they only have talk in their mouth. No, no evidence. You go, they explain, they explain, they explain. Tire. No evidence. Are you born again? Yes, sir. How many sick have you healed? How many persons have you converted? How many dead have you... Sir. No evidence. Pray and declare you are going to have an evidence for your redemption. And it will be clear that you are actually one with Christ. Amen. No. What it means for someone to be one with someone with Christ is that when they don't see Christ and they've seen you, it's as though they've met Christ. See, that's my life. You didn't say it like you mean. I said, that's my life. Alright. So one of the things, one of the principles of oneness with Christ is what I like to call the principle of surrender. The principle of surrender. John chapter 15 from verse 4 to 5. We're going to start with John chapter 15 from verse 4 to 5. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, anybody who gets the scripture first, we are going to begin to hear from you. Or should I read myself? Yes. You can see that, man. Don't worry. Hmm? Yes. Right, yeah. Now say this last one. Say, without me, you can do nothing. So one of the principles for abiding, if you don't want to be a Christian that knows how to explain, but without an evidence, any woman that is truly married, after some time, she has to be, have, she has to be pregnant. True or false? But when she is not pregnant, we will question her marriage. So if you want to be a Christian, who Satan will not question? You want to have evidence. The first principle is that you must learn to surrender. And this scripture says, Abide in me. For as a branch is nothing without a tree. As a vine is nothing without the tree. So is a, bran- so is a man who does not have a connection to Christ. Who is not surrendered to Christ. The Bible says, Without me you can do nothing. Praise the Lord. So if you do not surrender, if you don't have an attitude of surrender and complete dependence on the Lord, you can do nothing. Even though you are one with Christ, it will only be a talk thing. It can't be, it can't be a real thing. So, it's surrender. Surrender. What does it mean to surrender? I used to tell people, I said, prayerlessness, for instance, is to declare independence from God. Anytime a man has issues with prayer, he can't pray, he doesn't want to pray, he has just told God, I can do without you. 
So there has to be a mentality of God, I am completely dependent on you. My life is hinged on you. Without you, I can do nothing. That mentality has to be there. Just the scripture, like the scripture which says, abide in me and I in you, as the brand cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. You can't be, you can't, you can't be one with Christ until you abide. It's a conscious step to take. Help me preach to your neighbor and say, neighbor, abide. Now, in quotes, what it means to abide is to have a sense of fellowship. That's exactly what it means. To, to completely, to know that you are, you are completely helpless without the presence of God. Without being in touch with God. Psalm 91 says, Psalm 91 says something very important. Let's, let's look at that. They that dwell in the secret place of the Lord shall abide. What? Shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. Now, there is something in God that once you give Him an attention, once you give Him any attention, whatever, you will not want to stop coming. They that dwell in secret of the Most High shall abide. If you ever, at any point in your life, develop an attitude of a secret place, something will happen to you there. And you will not be able to stop yourself from coming. The first thing, the first word, it says, they that dwell. The first word is a conscious step that every body must take. But the second one becomes like a an addiction. It, 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 it's, now, it's now an addiction. That's the level of addiction to the presence of God. I first of all made a, make a step and I, I'm in the presence, secret place of the Most High. But it grows from there and now it becomes an addiction. I, I am now abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. At this point of addiction is something I can no longer do without. The first In the first place, I came to the secret place by myself. I could walk out of the secret place of my But the thing is that when you stay in the secret place for a while, if you can discipline yourself for a while, it will come to a point where you become addicted to the secret place. You can't, you can't leave anymore. Oh, somebody's not hearing me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that is when a person truly abides. And that's when a person truly becomes one with Christ. That is when a person truly surrenders and becomes one with Christ. A woman does not really become one with her husband until she decides to surrender to him as his wife. Am I communicating here? It's not a one-way thing. God has given you the invitation. You see, uh, I want to show you something. I want to show you something very quickly. The Bible says something. Psalm 8. Psalm 8 and verse... Read verse 4 and verse 5. Psalm 8, verse 4 and verse 5. Say, what, what is mankind... That you are mindful of them, human beings that are that you care for for them. Five, you have made them a little lower than the angels, and crowned them with glory and honor. Amen. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Now there's a translation I want to use. As a translation I want to use, I'm looking for that translation. That the, the association I use visit. What is man that thou mind for him? What is son of man that thou visit him? Eh? Is that your own? So, let, what translation is that? Huh? 
King James. Let's read it together. Let's read it. One, two, three, go. Thou. Yes. Now, did you see that? Now, many times, many of you don't know that these things happen to you. God, God visits you. Many times, God calls you into the secret place. Now, look at the, the, the relationship between Adam, God and Adam. Praise the Lord. Are you aware that God and Adam had so, so deep a relationship that when the relationship was severed, it was as though Adam couldn't do without God and God couldn't do without Adam. It was as though. Am I communicating here? So God will come to the garden and call Adam's name and wants Adam to come and, and fellowship with him as usual. So according to the scripture, God usually visits people. Amen? God looks for people. When God visits you, what he's doing is that he's calling you to a secret place. And if you, ev- if you ever oblige such calls, you'll get to a point where you abide under the shadows of his almighty, of his mightiness. And is, the, is, the, is at the point where you have abided that it's as though you can't go back. You can't even do without him. So you are so important to God, God will visit you. Many of you think it just happened in the Bible days. Even now, God is visiting many of you. It's not a prayer point, it's a reality. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, it says, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. If any man hears my voice and opens, I will sup with him and he will sup with me. So God's, God is knocking on your, on your door, on your heart. Consistently. Many of you wake up in the night and you don't know why you are awake. Some of you think it's just to, of our crypto brethren, to check whether a coin has rise or a coin has fallen. So what you think is just to go to um, TikTok and see where how many views and likes that you have, you know? But many times when you wake up in the night and you don't know why you wake, you wake up, that was God calling you. Sometimes you 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 just feel like time for church comes. You quickly remember that it is time for church. Something tells you start preparing. You now look at your watch and say, "Well, well, well, time's today." That feeling you had initially to want to pray, it was God beckoning you to your secret place. And then I've told you this one happens very, very commonly. When you hear a song in your spirit and you keep singing, it happens to God's will every time in the house. It happens to me too. It happens to almost all of us. You hear a song in your spirit and you keep singing, that is God visiting you. You don't even know. I had to teach the people that stay with me in the house how you can even discern an angel is in your, your environment. Many people don't know. God visits you every time. He likes to visit you. He likes to gain your attention. He likes to have you in his secret place because he knows if you stay there for a while, you, you will not want to leave it again. The reason why many people have prayerlessness or do not have a prayer life is because they've not even tasted. Do you know what the Bible says? It says, test and see that the Lord is good. So what Satan is preventing people from doing is testing. Because if you test, you won't, want to, you won't hunger again. It says, it says, Jesus Christ will love us and says, let everyone come and drink and out of his belly shall flow. It says, everyone who drinks from this water will no longer test. Rather, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. That's one thing with, with Jesus. If you really stay with him and touch him, have true encounters with him, you will never the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not do what? So what Satan is doing to many believers is he's preventing you from surrendering even in the least way. He doesn't want you to surrender to God, to yield to God's beckonings, 
to yield to God's invitations. As you hear one of my friends sharing his story, he says, um, some people, somebody was passing through his church and was hearing them singing and worshiping God. And the person later came to visit him and said, Ah, this song, what would they sing? This song, what would they sing? They draw me, I go join in a church. I go join in a church. But no. You see, that thing that is drawing you is actually God. But you are saying no. If you would as much as surrender to that little beckoning, that little voice in your heart that is telling you, okay, now it's time to pray. Sometimes the voice will come and tell you, oh God, you've been on your phone for too long. Leave it. Is God inviting you? Behold, I stand. And I, you think God, oh, you think God, God is too busy. God is not busy. His business is you. Are you hear what I'm saying? You need to understand this. God has time for you. He has plenty of time for you. Just take a pictorial. <laughs> there was a man in scriptures. His name was called Enoch. The Bible says, and Enoch walked with the Lord and he was no more. That means Enoch had this particular response and surrender. So anytime the, the, the Lord beckons on him, he shows up and him and the Lord will take a walk. He'll take a walk. He'll just, 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 and the Lord will tell him, it's like it's, it's, it's enough. You've, you've learned enough today. You can go back home. He'll go back. The next morning, God will come to him and say, my friend, Enoch, let's take a walk. You'll take a walk. Just, 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 just. Listen, what I'm telling you, it is real then, it is still real now. You can have such relationships with the Lord. They will just, 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 and the Lord will just, just look at him and say, well, my friend Enoch, you can go back. The Bible says, Enoch walked with the Lord and he was no more. So one day, he decided, God came to his house again and he decided to walk with the Lord and they were discussing and they discussed the discussion was so interesting success the discussion was so interesting that God now suddenly realized oh my god wow Enoch you have come to a place you can't return you can't return back anymore you have come so far just stay stay here stay that's exactly you know that's how Enoch left there was no record that he died truffles they say he was no more. He walked with the Lord and he was no more. That reality is still possible in the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But the problem is many people are not ready to surrender. We are too busy and too intelligent. We are too planned. You have plans for your for everything but you don't have once is is your phone. You, you, you there's no plan and no control over your phone. Do it do it do it do it do an experiment. Put off your phone. Eh? And keep it somewhere. And start doing something spiritual. After doing that, time yourself to do it for at least five minutes. Maybe studying the Bible. Maybe praying. Within, before you get to 30 minutes or one hour of doing that thing, you will remember something you've not done on your phone. Try this thing I'm saying. If I, you will not know you are remembering you will, you will literally see yourself holding your phone before you now realize that you wanted to do something. That's how addicted you are. To. That's how surrendered. Many of you don't know. You are literally surrendered to this phone. I hear what I'm saying. Some, I watched a joke on, online one day. The person, somebody, two, two people agreed to go out, you know, go and just go and have fun to a cinema, something somewhere like that, and have fun. And the other person at some point the time was 6 p.m. So at some point, the person was doing something on his phone, watching Netflix, you know, just enjoying, chilling, enjoying himself. 
when it got to the time, this thing is mostly with women anyways, but when it got to the time where they were supposed to go out, the guy just called the other person and said, oh, well, I'm very busy. I don't know. I'm so... He was calling the person and saying this thing and I'm looking at him and I'm just seeing him holding his phone. You have an appointment with someone but your phone became more important than that person. He told the person he was very busy and cancelled the appointment. He was not busy. Ladies, what are they doing? Where, where, Amen. Ladies, don't be true. Yeah, not true. I'm just saying this because this is what, this is, is these, are, these are the seasons to begin to take God seriously. Where God becomes your own, he becomes, he, if he taps you, Ten times before daybreak, you wake up ten times. I pray that God helps us. In Jesus' mighty name. So one of the principles to abide, if you're going to abide, says as a vine is attached to the tree and it bears fruit. That is how we must attach ourselves to the Lord so that we can bear fruit. Because without the Lord, we can do nothing. If we are not surrendered to Him, then by our own self, we can do nothing. Are we together? Okay. Another principle of, of oneness is um, called behold. Someone say behold. I touched on it on Sunday, 7 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. 7 Corinthians 3 and verse 18 says, But we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the image from glory to glory. So, when I speak about abiding, I'm talking about prayers. Praise the Lord. Having a time where your attention is on the Lord. Praying. But when I talk about beholding, I'm talking about Bible study. Praise the Lord. So, the Bible says, if beholding as the glass, the same image of the Lord, you are being changed from glory to glory until you become just like Him. So, when you have moments to study the Word, to spend on the Word of God, you begin to understand the character of God. How He behaves. And then you begin to behave the same way. So beholding has to do with paying attention to details. So it's called, I, I, I like to call that study. This is how people are transformed. Praise the Lord. When we spend time in church teaching you the details, the deep things of the word of God, you now get to understand, oh, so this is how God is. I used to think that God is very angry, always, always angry at me. Oh, oh, so God is loving also. So God is kind also. So God does not count my sins against me. That kind of understanding comes by deep study. And I like to tap that study. Behold. To behold. And if you behold the Lord long enough, you become like him. The disciples, when they were with Jesus, they stayed with him for the longest time. They they beheld him. The Bible says, as Jesus began to do and to teach the disciples saw him as he began to do and to teach amen oh are we together so they were observing jesus the bible was on two legs for them so as they beheld him look at what happened with them when jesus was gone they could literally operate in the shoes of jesus and do what he could do because they beheld him, they understood him. That is why, if any time you hear um, about Bible study, because very soon we're going to have like ten hours Bible study. If you hear us calling for a Bible study, or we are talking about scriptures, we are discussing scriptures. We are not wasting time. 
we are understanding the God that we claim to serve. And the more we understand Him, the more we become like Him. Say a loud amen. amen. I said, say the loudest amen. amen. Say it with me, behold. behold. Says, I, as I behold, I become. Look at the story of Mary and Martha. Mary was with Jesus, consistently looking at Him, listening to Him. She was beholding, consistently. Martha came and complained, Ah, Mary, you are so lazy, you are so lazy. Why would you leave this man alone? Come, let us prepare food. Let us do something to make things uh, uh, easy in the house. Or let us let us make things let the let the house be clean. Let's make things uh, let's do things the right way. Be careful. Many times, when people tell you that there is something very important that you have to do, and they are expecting you to do that thing at the expense of spending time with the world, be very careful. Are you hear what I'm saying? Somebody told me one day, say, man of God, I, I was t- talking to him. Say, man of God, sir, I should have come to church, but I had a visitor. The visitor came from a very far place. That's why I didn't come to church. I told him, sir, if you understand your priorities, you will not put anything above your business or your appointment to the Lord. I have learned, God has, God has taught me this lesson. No, I never, no matter, if you call, even if you are asking me to come and there is a business deal of 100 million naira, and it falls at the same time I'm having church. I will be here. Perish with 100 million. I'm telling you. Here we don't know. <laughs> your 100 million doesn't mean anything. And of course we are planning to move into a tent. And, but you fix the meeting when I have church. How many of you can forgo 100 million? Choma. Choma looks like a money magnet. So I'm asking her. Glory. Mm, you didn't respond. I said glory. Hallelujah. Something I want to share with us, you know, a little bit away from this. Now, let me read the scripture to you. Are we together? I'll mention the last thing, the last principle. Well, let me read the scripture to you. First Corinthians chapter one, verse nine. Hebarantako brantaka mamantelegebai. Then Ephesians two, verse twenty-two. I'll read them. So just you can open the two scriptures. Put your fingers to hold them. I want to show you that whatever God has done. To make you one with him is so real and it is dependable. It's dependable. You just need to do your own part so that it can become realistic. Look at this. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9. God is faithful by whom ye we are called unto the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ. He has called you unto the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ. He has called you to become a part of his family. And the Bible says he's what? Somebody say he's faithful. Say he's faithful. Say he's faithful. He says, by whom ye were called unto the village. So when, when I even give that illustration that many times God comes to you and calls you or invites you or visits you, he is faithful to that assignment. He has called you to be one with him and he is still calling you to be one with him. He's not changing his mind. He wants you to be one with him. He is faithful to that assignment. Okay, okay please help me preach your neighbor. Say, neighbor, God is faithful to the invitation of you to be a part of him. Shout it loud, amen. amen. Ephesians 2.22. Let's read Ephesians 2.22. It says, In whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. You, you to whom ye are also builded together for an habitation of God through his Spirit. Say this after me. Say, I'm built for God. Say, I'm built to house God. So, God designed you so that he can live in you. 
this is what he wants. Let's read another scripture. John chapter 14 from verse 1 to 6. This one is a little, a little bit of a long read. Please follow, follow closely. Are we still together? Are we still together? Now, the scripture I'm about to read to you is to tell you, is to show you something. Because this scripture is one scripture that is mostly misinterpreted. And if you understand this scripture, you have solved over, you have, you have understood something very vital in scriptures. Look at that. John chapter 14 from verse 1. I'll read. Please pay attention. Look at your Bible and pay attention. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be what? I'm going to read 18 and I'm reading from it, verse 18 to verse 20. Verse 18 says, I will not leave you. I will come to... Okay, let me, let me explain this quickly to you. Let me explain. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I will not leave you. Does that make sense? Now, think about Let's think, let's think logically. What does, what does it mean? When, when Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. In my father's house, house means oikia. Mansions is interpreted in Greek as manua. Does it make sense? For a house, in my father's house, I mean, imagine, for a mansion to be inside house, does it make sense? Does it make sense? Some people say, ah, this, this thing that Jesus was saying, he's talking about heaven. No, he was talking about heaven. He was talking about a, a legal reality of oneness. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, in my father's house, house means oikia. There are many mansions. Mansions means manual. So it's not possible for mansions to be inside a house. So that house there was talking about something very powerful. Praise the Lord. In my father's house talks about that house there talks about a place for you in his father's house. In his family. It talks about the family of God. That house is translated or here is called family. Do you understand? Then Manua is translated sons. Follow me. So in my father's family, there are many positions of sonship. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Many people tr- translate the scripture as houses they wait for you for heaven. That's not what it really means. It means in my father's family, somebody say in my father's family, there are many positions of sonship. So he say, in my father's family, I have a position for you there. I have mansions waiting for you there. I have a position of sonship that you occupy. Look at that now. Without understanding, let's read it to the end. It says, if it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That's a, this, this was Jesus speaking before he died. Draw pause. He was going to, he's telling us that he was going to prepare a place of sonship for us in his father's family. And he said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Now when, when did he say, this, when he says, I will come again and receive you unto myself, this was talking about 
when he descended as the Holy Spirit. As he went up into heaven, he came as the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says, for we are seated with Christ. Where? Where? In heavenly places. So he came as the Holy Ghost and he brought us with him to that place, that position. You're already in that position of sonship. Are we together? He says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. So, Jesus is the Son of God. You are also the Son of God. He is a member of the family of God. You are also a member of where? The family of God. Now, verse 4. And whither I go, ye know, you know. And the way ye know. Verse 5 says, Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how we can know the way. Jesus said unto him, I am. The only way you can become a part of the family of God is through me. I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Say loud, amen. amen. And then verse 18, I said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. When the word comfortless was used here, the word comfort was used when, he, when the Bible said, when the, the, Jesus said, I will send you another word. Amen. 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 So when he said, I will not leave you comfortless, he was already telling them, I will send you the Holy Ghost. And that Holy Ghost is the one that will put you in that. It's, it is me. That, and he, he puts you in that position. It's the DNA of our family. And he makes you a member, a legitimate member of our family. So when people say, I am going to heaven, I usually tell them, I'm already in heaven. Say, I'm already in heaven. Say, if I have the Holy Ghost, I'm in heaven. Say, this is heaven on earth. Say, the Holy Ghost in, on my inside is heaven on earth. Oh, you don't sound like you believe. Shout glory. glory. Amen. Now, I shared that scripture to help you understand how interested God is about your oneness. He's so interested in it. That your own duty is to respond. The first thing I said is basis for your response is that you must surrender. That's number one. Number two, you must do what? You must behold. Surrender talks about prayers. And I said, anytime you don't have a prayer life, you have declared independence from the Lord. That's surrender. Then number two, I said, you must behold. It talks about a life of study. If you don't behold him, you can't become like him. If you don't know how he behaves, you don't understand him, you can't become like him. But when you understand him, you can become like him. Behold. And behold, I said, it talks about study. The third thing that helps you to become one to experience the vital reality of your oneness is hunger. Somebody say hunger. Say it again. In passing, I was able to explain it, but I'm going to, going to do another explanation for it. The Bible says something, blessed are those who hunger and test after righteousness, for they shall be what? Shall be filled. They shall be filled. So if you must make your own effort, Jesus has done all that he has to do. It is now your responsibility to make your own effort. So that this oneness that you have already experienced in Christ can become real. Your own part now is to consistently hunger. And I said, when a man truly abides, when a man surrenders, you know, gives attention to, to the beckonings of God, he gets to a point where he, he begins to abide. True or false? And then I said that he now doesn't want to come out of the presence. That's the place where you have a hunger for the Lord and nothing else is interesting to you. 
Praise the Lord. So, hunger is, a, is the next principle that helps you. Sometimes, one of the prayers you must learn to pray is, Lord, please bless me with hunger. Bless me with hunger. Um, Sinat sang a song and said, the more I know you, the more I want to know you. The truth is, hunger is, is, is an access card in the spirit. They cannot show you more than you are, you are ready to see. You cannot encounter more than you are willing to. Praise the Lord. Did you know what happened between Peter and, and Jesus? Peter was at the boat and saw Jesus walking on the water. And he looked at Jesus and he wanted to do what Jesus was doing. That was hunger. Many, many of us might not experience vital oneness with Christ until we are hungry enough to do just exactly what am I communicating here? To become like him. To do what he has done. But I told you a story many times and I'm going to say it again. Bethany Taosa just went to church and his pastor preached and said, we have received power. All power begins to us on heaven and earth. Whatever we bind on, heaven, on earth is bound in heaven. He says, we can, we can trample upon the scorpions and nothing shall by any means hurt us. All power begins to us. You now said to him, Jesus raised the dead, therefore you can raise the dead. Bethany Taosa ran with it. He was hungry to be like him. He was hungry to be like Jesus. And so he ran with it. And then he went, he went to about seven places asking for dead people. Do you have a dead person here? Say, okay, they have. They will, he will pray for the dead person. The person will not get healed. He went again. He kept doing it. And then I think it was the seventh time he prayed for a dead person. And then the dead person came back to life. The reason why many people will not come into their vital oneness with Christ is that they are not even hungry for it. Jesus says this about you and it's not happening and you are not, you are not inquisitive. You are not eager to see that this thing happens. It is hunger that will make a man to go in a 40 days fast and he's not thinking of food. It's the burden of hunger. Lift up your right hand and say with me, Father, bless me with the burden of hunger. Hunger for you. Listen to me. It is hunger that will make you to pray for long. The burden of hunger. That this thing Jesus said about me in scriptures has not yet happened to me. I, I want it to happen to me by all means. And then you stay in the, in the presence of God. This is how to become vitally one with Christ. Are you aware Jesus will pray for from, 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 from morning to down, from, from, from down to, to, to sunset, from sunset to down. He had a lifestyle of prayer. And he will pray for many hours. There was something that happened to Jesus because of the level of hunger and passion he had towards God. The Bible says he prayed until the vessels of his blood began to burst and then sweat turned into blood. It's called in medical terms hematotrodosis. Hematotrodosis. He was so hungry he couldn't even feel stressed anymore. Let me tell you something. I want to pray for this to happen to you. That's why I'm giving you this illustration. How many of you know that, for instance, if I said I've done a visa for you, I've done a, I've gotten a job for you, and I'm I'm giving you a hundred thousand dollars, you know, for you to um, relocate to the UK. That the only thing I need you to do is to make sure that you, I'll give you half of the money. I'll give you like, or I'll give you $20,000 out of $100,000. Make sure all your family member, everybody that is connected to your family is settled. How many of you know that even without such assignments, if I just give you $20,000 after 
I've promised to give you $100,000 and I said you are going to the UK. And you have five days to get ready. How many of you know, how many of you can connect to how busy you become? How serious you are going to be preparing? Amen? How many of you know that at that point you will never remember that you've not eaten? And you will never remember that you've not slept? That's the power. Listen, that's the power of change. Even normally, when it looks like your life is about to change, literally you lose rest, you lose sleep. You want to work more hard. Truffles. Like you are about to wed, you are about to do wedding. You literally want to work hard if you really, really are excited about it. In the same way, listen, I'm asking God to do this for you. That God begins a work, an exciting work on your inside that will make you not be interested in any other thing but what He's doing. And may this hunger for what he's doing and for him take away every distraction from your life. Shout the loudest, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. My lifestyle is not, I don't longer sleep on time. I go to bed and then I can't sleep. There's just so much because I, I know what God is doing. And he has blessed me with hunger. There are people who they are easily satisfied with any small thing that I've attained in God. You have raised the dead and then you became instantly you called yourself apostle general. And then that's where the hunger stops. Lift up your hands and say with me, Father, even though you use me to raise 100,000 dead people, I will yet remain hungry for you. Philippians chapter 3 and from verse 9 to 10, Paul wrote that I might know you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering. You see, you are not completely one with Christ until your hunger for him never ends. Anything that steals your hunger separates you from this reality. And I want to say this. I don't know how to explain it in a way that you understand. But let me, let me say this. The devil has designed this world in a way. He has given, the devil has given you so many free things that are very very interesting they are free of charge and they are very interesting the reason he has given you all of these interesting things something as interesting as facebook as interesting as tiktok youtube are you, are you, are you aware these things are free of charge are, are they free or not the reason they are free is because you are paying more than you know for it and what you are paying for that free thing is your attention and this your attention is, is what I can call your hunger. Is what sponsors your hunger for God. And so the devil puts all these free things around you. Just so that you can, he, can, he can steal. Let me, let me shock you. Some, some ladies, I'm going to say this now. Some ladies, are you aware that sometimes even the husband that comes and has all the money, has all the cars, and wants to marry you and everything looks green. Sometimes God does not want you to marry that man. Not because he's a bad man, but because he will steal your attention from him. Once you meet that man, your hunger goes to zero. I'm telling you what is already happening. And so you see a believer, when, they were, when she was younger, she was on fire for the Lord. She was doing mighty things for the Lord. But as she, began, she, she got married, she had three cars, had a nice business. She's now a madam. They will now come and press her. A fire. A walking mobile fire is now Satan. You are now the same person. Satan comes and starts pressing on Israel and shouting, Hey, whoa, hey, whoa. 
Habiala, Habiala. Old man like you with deaths. Eggborn like you. A devil is coming to press you in the night. Where did you keep your hunger? Where did you keep your fire? Am I communicating here? Anything that replaces your hunger for God has stopped your journey towards your oneness with Christ. Say it loud, amen. Say with me, anything that replaces your hunger for God stops your journey towards your oneness with Christ. Help me tell your neighbor, neighbor, don't let anything replace your hunger. Not money. Not car. Not woman. Not man. Not abroad. Are you aware people travel abroad and they become different? You see him speaking in capital talks. Then when he travels abroad, hello, how you doing? In it, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. And you ask him, brother, brother Jacob, you made a vow to God that when you travel abroad, you will serve him with all your heart. What is happening now? You now tell him, sir, you know, sir, uh, since I got here, you know, school has just been so busy. I've just been doing so much. I'm, I'm running my masters. No time. Job. I'm trying to fend for myself. No time to go to church. Oh God, you have lost your hunger. I, I pray this prayer. I said, Lord, anything. Bishop, we need to pray this prayer, actually. He said, Lord, anything that you have not given me or you will not give me, may I not have. What that prayer, what it means is that, Lord, anything that will take your, hung, your hunger away from me, don't bring it. Amen. Amen. You need to learn how to pray that prayer. <laughs> and you are comfortable. If God, if car is still freaking you, if one million is still freaking you, you can't give it away. He's still freaking you. You need to pray this kind of prayer. Are you with me? Anything that will take you from me. Anything that will take your passion from me. May it not come. Hallelujah. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Have you learned something today? Stand to your feet. You can end it. Let's pray. Stand to your feet. I want you to pray from the depth of your heart right now. I say with me, Father, I want to experience my vital oneness with you. According to your words, greater works than I have done shall you do as I go to be with my Father. You said I can do more than you have done. Therefore, I come into that reality of oneness. That what you can do, I can do also. I receive the grace to follow the principles that brings me into this oneness. The principle of surrender, the principle of beholding, and the principle of hunger. I receive the grace to follow these principles. And as I follow them, I abide. And as I abide, I am made one with you. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to pray right now. Go ahead. Pray in the tongues. Pray in tongues. Thank you for listening. We know this powerful message by Pastor Emmanuel Azizor has blessed you in no small way. Kindly WhatsApp plus 234-701-652-3173 if you wish to give your life to Christ or share your testimonies with us. 
The number to WhatsApp is plus 234-701-652-3173. God bless you.